The Tigers get back on track with a series opening victory in Kansas City. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, April 15th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is including YouTube. And we're we're back in the win column. We're back in the win column, baby. A, a big dub. A big dub. Very important win, a lot of very impressive performances, a lot of really important performances. Uh, I'm really pumped. Really big game, really big game to get back on track. I, I think this series, honestly, is a really big series to get on track and get to where this team and this fan base wants it to go, right? So I'm really excited about this win. Uh, really great performances, like I said, by by a plethora of players most notably Miguel Cabrera. The dude dominates Kaufman. He is Kaufman Stadium's legal father. I don't know how that's possible, but he is the father of a baseball stadium. It it, it happened because it's unreal. The dude's numbers in Kaufman are, are incredible. One of the most iconic moments of his career. Officially... What's the word I'm thinking of, man? Uh, why does this happen so often to me? What's the word I'm thinking of? Offic he, he officially got the triple crown. He, he closed the, the door. He, he I'm sure as a listener, you're shouting like a, a word that would fill in correctly there. But he officially got, got the triple crown right in, in Kansas City. Got to walk off the field there. Ramon Santiago, I believe, came out to, to play third base there. And uh, when they took him out of the game, I think it was Ramon. So he he's had a lot of success in Kansas City, a lot of success in Kaufman, and it continued. Three-hit night for the big fella. Incredible. We're going to start with starting pitching, though. I think the setup I want to have this year is a lot more fluid. Last year, it was very, like, this segment, this segment, this segment, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. And it was like pitching, offense, et cetera, kind of thing. I want to have it be a lot more fluid this season. Um, as as I'm working on on my you know craft and, and working on, on how to make this a better product for y'all. I think it's still gonna be, you know, first segment will probably be very starting pitching based, as it has been already so far this season, if if you've listened to every episode so far this year. Um and then one of the segments will be about the offense and one will, you know, be about the bullpen. But I think giving the bullpen their own segment is important because the bullpen is going to be vital and nobody really goes deep into games. They're going to be utilized a, a lot more. Um, and, and we certainly don't have any starters so far this year that have gone even remotely deep in, into a baseball game. So I think for now, that's how we're going to roll with it. Um, we, we have a lot of, as y'all know and, and have known since I've taken over, I'm, I'm big on uh, on numbers, but I'm also really big on, you know, the, the, the game of baseball itself. I, I, I truly think that I 
I, I, I definitely try to balance both sides, the, the analytical part and the, uh, you know, like baseball, baseball part, like kind of the old school part as well. So I do a really, uh, I, I try to walk that line as best I can. I'm not sure I do a great job a lot of times and, and people get mad at me a lot of times, but uh, that's how I view the game and that's how I interpret the game. So, and, and I think it helps me cater to both audiences as well. So I, I think we will have some numbers stuff throughout the, these shows and, and such, but it's really important to me to break down every area of the game. And so that's why I think it's, it's going to be out like that. But I do want it to be a little more fluid this year. So maybe some carryover, some you know conversations at the beginning and the end, et cetera. You get what I'm saying. So for this game, Casey Mize got the start. Not very impressive. We can be, we can be out front about it. Just because he was the 1-1 pick doesn't mean we have to baby him especially not in his he's playing in his third season and this will be his second full season in the majors was not a very impressive start by by Mr. Mize uh still absolutely believe in him dude still a dog still nasty but the the biggest thing is it's remarkable how much he is struggling to induce swings and misses at the current moment and he struggled with it last year too and it's something that he didn't struggle with at all in college. And like we all heard about the splitter, right? And that was the big thing. Everybody's heard it a million times over and over and over. It just, oh, the, this, the splitter, the, the my splitter, the my splitter. It was the most advertised pitch uh, in college and the most advertised pitch in the minors. And then he just like didn't really throw it last year. And now it's back. And, and he is getting some swings and misses on it. Right, like there, there were some some swings and misses on it, but not to the extent that we were. I don't want to say promised because that you know we're not promised anything. Nobody's promised anything, but it, it's just it's so it's so weird to me. It's just it it doesn't add up. It, it doesn't make sense in my brain that he is. He was this guy. He was the dude. And he still is the dude. And I still believe in his future. But four whiffs in his entire outing. He had 88 pitches. He threw 88 pitches. Four of them were swings and misses. Four. Called strikes 15. Not a remarkably high number either. 14 fouls. Makes sense. Right? When the whiffs are low and the called strikes are low, the fouls, and the 19 balls put in play. 19 balls in play is a high number. It, it adds up, man. And I and there's good and bad to this. There's a lot of uh, – there's still a lot of good. I'm not trying to say that this is just like, oh, he, he can't be effective like this. There is some good. But for all of it to come together, he's not going to take that next step, that that – big next step without getting some more whiffs man and without getting some more swings and misses without finding a, at least having a go-to pitch in counts where you want to swing and a miss you at least got to have something man you got to give me something so the whiffs as we talked about four and no pitch had more than one he had one whiff on the four seam fastball one whiff on the slider beautiful count to throw it in though threw it in a full count there really clutch pitch um one on the splitter, one on the curveball, none on the sinker. Those were the five pitches he threw. Four of them all had exactly one whiff. 
So see, he doesn't even have like a, at the current moment in development, he doesn't even have a, a, a pitch that is going is overpowering and that he is confident enough to be like, Hey, this is my swing and miss pitch. This is what I'm going to go with. And that, I'm sure that's frustrating for him. And that is the next step of development. I'm not saying that this is just who he is and that's it. The ceiling is still ace for this dude. He, he's still a dog and he's still got a, a good repertoire. And he's got, you know, he's got a mid nineties fastball, a good slider. Then the splitter is filthy. It is filthy Threw it 14 times tonight. Third most used pitch. It's just, I, I don't know if it's, if it's more of a, a pitch count thing and a pitch mix thing and when he's throwing which pitches or if dudes are truly just not being fooled up there, it's honestly probably a little bit of both based on the movement that I saw tonight because it wasn't that sharp uh, against, well, last night as you're listening to this on Thursday. So there's a lot of room to improve. However, still a lot of good to go with this as well. Average exit velocity on the night was 84 and a half miles an hour. You want to talk about 19 balls put in play. He threw 88 pitches. Almost 20 of them were balls in play. And the average exit velo was only 84 and a half miles an hour. It's not a historic, oh my goodness, what a dominant performance number. But it's also good. That's a solid mark. So he was inducing a lot of soft contact. The slider especially. Eight sliders were put in play, more than any other pitch, mind you. However, the average exit velocity on his slider was 78 miles an hour. That is a phenomenal mark. That's great. So the slider was working really well as a as a soft ground ball or a get-under-it pop-up pitch. Really effective in those counts. The splitter, average exit velocity, 91, 92 miles an hour. That's high. Four-seam fastball average was 92.5. That's too high for a fastball as well. And then the knuckle curve, 83.4 average exit velocity. But when eight balls are put in play for an average exit velocity of 78 all on that slider, it's going to come down a little bit. So he has pitches that he can get people off balance on, out in front of, rolling over, getting under and popping up. He has pitches that, that can cause that. And then induce soft contact. What he's missing is the pitch that gets the swing and the miss. And he's missing it in a big way. And that's why you saw, A, the ball put in play so often tonight, last night. But also, why you see the strikeout numbers are so low for a dude that went 1-1. He's working on the ability to get soft contact, and that's great. But to take the next step, you you best find out how to, how, how to get some swings and misses, my brother. You, you need it. You need it. You need it. We're going to get into uh, the rest of the game. This Did I say the score yet? Four to two victory over the Kansas City Royals. That's the team. But first, I got to tell you all about Built Bar. You got to try the Puffs. I've been telling you guys about it for weeks. You got to try the Puffs. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite. They come in crazy flavors. Cinnamon, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. I promise you. 
All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included. It's 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. And most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and only 17 grams of protein. Candy bars sit at about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, crazy flavors. The white chocolate cookies and cream, their new one is phenomenal. They're all delicious. They come out with new flavors all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, all they care about is the taste. They're all about it. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. And he's going deep on MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, just like us. You know the drill. Um, okay, so we talked about Mize. Needs the swing and miss pitch, but did induce a lot of soft contact. Two runs to his name. Not horrible, but kept us in the game. more. Kept us more than in the game, right? Only two runs against. With some of the dudes we have in the bullpen, should be enough. And I guess we can get into the bullpen in segment two if you want. Sure, why not? You convinced me. You convinced me. Uh, so I, I was really impressed by the bullpen this game, man. As I'm sure everybody was. Not a not a hot take there. But a, a really, really good performance by a lot of dudes. So Mize goes out there. Then they go to Joe Jimenez. Joe Jimenez, look, man, if we're going to get like 2018 – First half of 2018, like mid to even touching high 90s at points fastball with hard slider Joe Jimenez back. I'm down. I'm game. Let's ride. Like I, I can't. I. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I I can't put into words how 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 cool it is that Joe Jimenez has been looking this good so far. Early on this season and going back into the spring, he looked he had a phenomenal. I think he had ended spring with a zero ERA. I'm pretty sure he looked phenomenal. So the the fact that we're getting this out of Joe again is is sensational. Seventy three point seven average exit velocity. It was one inning, you know, grain of salt somewhat, but really impressive inning. Really, really impressive inning from Joe Jimenez through fourteen four seam fastballs and one slider. And that slider was 78 off the bat. Nice little, nice, nice little pitch. So I was very impressed. And I continue to be very impressed with Joe Jimenez. And he is going to be so important to this bullpen. I, I cannot stress enough how vital he is going to be to this pen for the first month of the season. He's going to be important and probably used in decently high leverage situations all year. But until Ch while Andrew Chafin and Kyle Funkhauser and Jose Cisnero are all hurt, we need Jimenez and Lang to step up in a big way. And you bet your bottom dollar they sure did on Thursday night. 
Joe Jimenez looked great. And let's hand it off then to Alex Lang. Dude is filthy. Filthy. Oh my goodness. I love watching him pitch. He, I, I would argue outside of Gregory Soto, there is probably no one in this entire organization, every level of the minors included, that I enjoy pitching, pitching, watching pitch more than Alex Lang. Truly. Any starter, any reliever at any level. I've seen a lot of them. I promise. Alex Lang is dirty. Dirty. Just like you got to wash your hands after. Filthy, man. He featured the changeup. And this is what was most impressive to me tonight. The four-seam fastball, he threw the least out of his three pitches. Threw 13 pitches, six changeups, four sliders, three four-seam fastballs. His changeup is dirt. It is gross. The grossest thing you can imagine, that's Alex Lang's changeup. Filthy. Okay? Muddy, rainy day, rolling around in dirt. Gross. Right? He had one whiff on that in six pitches, three swings. Um, filthy. And that one whiff was was a pretty big one and came on a big drop. The... It drops so much. It's a beautiful change of pace. He throws a 96 mile an hour fastball and can throw a 91 mile an hour changeup that fools people because it drops a boatload and is five, five and a half, six miles an hour slower than the four seam. When mixed correctly, it's pretty much unhittable, as close to unhittable as you're going to get. Okay. The slider. Also phenomenal. This one thrown four times, caused one swing, one swing and a miss. Here's the crazy thing. Threw it four times, four strikes. You want to talk about efficient and nasty? You want to talk about nasty? He threw a slider four times. One time, it was a swing and a miss strike. The other three, there's four fingers. The other three were all called strikes. Dirty. I'm going to use that to, I'm going to, oh man, I'm just, I'm so pumped for him, man. I'm so pumped that he's finally here and and, going to be a staple in this bullpen because the dude is filthy. Command, I thought he recovered really well because at the beginning, like the second or third pitch out of the pen, I was like, oh, this might be a little shaky again. He just spiked one in the dirt. Recovered beautifully. Hell of an inning from Alex Lang. Continues to be one of the most uh, effect so far this season, one of the most effective relievers in the pen. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves because he does have some command stuff to work out. But so far this year, man, I, I'm just so pumped that he's here. I'm so pumped for Alex Lang, man. Oh, Michael Fulmer then comes out after him. Really efficient inning. Really efficient. Not even too much else to say. Through nine pitches. As, as efficient as it gets. Only one called strike. Only two whiffs, um, but the average exit velocity was 77.3, and the ball was only put in play twice. So really, really effective, just crazy good inning from, from Michael Fulmer. That one uh, that one fly ball that he had to, perfectly located, perfectly located, that, that four-seam fastball all around. Dude's a dog. I'm really excited and, and really glad that he is – finding his spot in this bullpen 
Uh, he's the eighth inning guy. Well, not eighth inning guy because we don't we don't really mess around like that anymore. We're in this new age of analytics. Um, I, I should say second highest leverage, which a lot of times is going to be the eighth inning, like it was on Thursday, but it won't always necessarily be the eighth inning. Second in command. He's, he's Soto's right-hand man for sure. And then we get to Greg. Look, I know everybody loves to do the thing on Twitter where he walks one dude and everybody goes, Oh my goodness, here we go again. Please, Greg, no. Calm down a little bit, okay? Dude is filthy. Rewatch the Whit Merrifield at bat and tell me that that just doesn't get you amped. Moving 97 on the outside, swinging a miss. Slider right on the outside corner, swinging a miss. He's so talented. He has all the raw ability to be incredible. Just got to work on the command a little bit. The biggest thing for that inning, honestly, was just how elite our coaching staff is. That was the perfect mound visit. It was perfect. He got one out, walked a dude, walked the eight hitter. Fetter goes, okay, now the winning runs at the plate. Let me go out there, reestablish his confidence, tell him what, uh, you know, our, our, our strategy for nine and one. Let's go win a ball game. And that's what he did. Pretty light work, too, to be honest with you. Besides the uh, besides the walk, it, it was a really a really solid inning, really solid inning, effective. I love Greg. Everybody knows that I'm a little bit biased because I, I I just love the dude to death, and I I think that he has unbelievable potential to be a, one of the better relievers in all of baseball. Does have some command stuff to still work on. Proved that on Thursday night, but also showed you. That when he is on, he is one of the most unhittable dudes in this league. And that is objective. Filthy. Three whiffs. He threw one inning and had three whiffs. Casey Mize started this game and had four. <laughs> Nasty. Nasty. Uh, mostly did the, the sinker through 20 pitches. 15 of them were the 98. I think this game was only sitting around 96. So a little bit down in the velocity than we're used to. Uh, but he's been used a lot lately. Um, then the slider four times and the slider was crazy effective. It's almost like I've heard that somewhere. Maybe I said that earlier on opening day when he gave up the homer on the slider. And I was like, don't worry about it. It's still a nasty pitch again, four pitches, two whiffs. What, what he's nasty. He's nasty. It's efficient. Two swings, two whiffs. Every time somebody swung at the slider, they swung and missed. It's a tiny sample size. I get it. I'm not trying to, to, to make a big deal out of, a, out of a tiny inning. But I'm just trying to reiterate some confidence within this fan base because it seems like people have just forgotten that every time that Gregory Soto is, is unbelievably talented. And, yes, he has some command stuff. But we don't need to do the, oh, my goodness, here go like heart attack season. Here goes the, the – here comes Greg. Oh, we – you know what I mean? Like – we, we need to calm down with the theatrics. Gregory Soto is still that dude. All right, let's get into the offense. But first, I got to tell you all about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and nudes, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment three here at Locked On Tigers. Let's go over the offense because there were some uh, there were some performances. We already talked about Miggy, right? Phenomenal performance. Three hits. He owns Kaufman. He is the legal father of Kaufman Stadium. It's possible. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. You can be the father of a building. He's he's nuts, man. He 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 loves it there. Um, Austin Meadows is really the other big story. Well, I'm going to give somebody some credit here, actually. But first, we are going to talk about Austin Meadows. What a deal. And yes, you're going to have to live with the fact that that the defense is not going to be great. And I think after Miguel, this is super far-sighted and, and super down in, in the wow. Post game, I'm recording this during the post game presser. Miguel Cabrera, I try to go out there and play my best baseball. I know it's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of eyes on me, but at the same time, I'm in a good place. Dude just rakes at Kaufman. What are you going to say? Um, so I, I he's going to be a, a weak defender, Austin Meadows is. And, and this, like I said, this is super far sighted and down the road. But I think when Miggy retires, Austin Meadows is probably more of a DH than a corner outfielder in the long term plans of the team. Uh, that's not a problem. I mean, the dude's hitting almost 500 on the year. So, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take it, right? He, he's going to be a, a really effective DH when he is put into that role when the time comes. But I don't – I'm not sure I see him as a, as a long-term, like, hey, this dude's going to be our left fielder forever. I think it might just be like, hey, this dude can hit. Let's find him a, a way for him to be in the lineup every night. And right now, the easiest way to get him into the lineup every night is to put him in left field. Does that make sense? Hope it makes sense. But he's a dog. Dude's unreal at the plate, uh, especially against righties. Just a, a, a killer. So he continues to stay hot. I am going to give credit to Victor Reyes. He has looked very good this season. He has. He Credit where credit is due. Victor Reyes has looked very good to start off this year. Um, his stance is a little different. I like the change. More compact, more straight to the ball. Beautiful. I'm all about it. I think I, – I, I still stand by the fact that your long-term plans should not be to have Victor Reyes playing every single day. But I think he is slowly but surely making a case that – he is the fourth outfielder of the future. Does that make sense? Like, hey, I am the dude that whenever any of your outfielders need a day off or any of your outfielders get hurt, you're going to go to me and you're going to get some good at-bats and you're going to get a reliable player. I think he's making that case. To, to, to go from a, okay, you're a depth piece, you're our fourth outfielder for now, but we're never going to give you a contract extension or anything. We'll just find a replacement for you when the time comes. To go from that to like, we're early. We're early in the season. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I, I still have the same thoughts and opinions on Victor Reyes. But I think the swing is beautiful. I really do think that the new swing is in the new stance. is, is It looks damn good, man. And um, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, having that, and when everybody's at full health, Having that in the bottom of your lineup, if somebody needs a day off, there are worse players to have in that. So I'm just, I just wanted to give my flowers to to, to Victor Reyes. Give him his flowers because he he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. 
Jamer Candelario had a nice few at-bats this game. Akil Badu we'll talk about. Um, uh, he, he just looks it, – it look, he looks rough. He had a walk in this game, which I love. Everybody knows that I'm going to love that. I do. But he, he he does – it just seems to be the breaking balls low and away and the fastball at the letters are like he can't hit it with a – with like a, a – a, what am I trying to think of? Like a, an oar, like a paddle, right? I mean, seriously, if you're a lefty, it's it, it looks like it's pretty much over before the at-bat even starts. You just throw three sliders low and away, and bada-bing, bingo, bango. There you go. It's over. If you're a righty, the method seems to be still soft pitches low and away. He will eventually work the count to, you know, one and two, two and two, but you're going to get two strikes on him eventually. And then he pretty much just can't hit heat at the letters. He can't catch up to it right now. He showed ability to last year at times. So it might just be a timing thing. I still, I would still be giving him at bats. This is far from me saying like, oh, like we, we should bench him or whatever. We're too early in the season for anybody to hear that. Anybody. That being said, uh, the, the, some adjustments pretty clearly need to be made. Tucker Barnhart, phenomenal behind the plate. That's my catcher. Uh, Eric Haas got a knock in this game. He still looks so good at the plate, man. Just looks so, so good this year. And then hitting Harold getting it started short. The hobby thing will end on that. Um, the hobby thing is not, not concerning to me. Sore thumb. I mean, it, it happens. Uh, he, he, the, the weird part to me is that he was in the lineup and then got late scratched both days in a row. Like, I would expect the first day and then just, like, outright not play the second day. But to do, like, to, to get scratched after the initial lineup had come out two days in a row is, like, super weird. So, I, I think everything's fine. I'm not worried. Oh, that's what we'll actually end on. So, okay, Javi Baez, we said everything we want to say. Um, Robbie Grossman. I'm, like, 65% sure he's going to the I.L. 65. It's not it's not super high, but I think it's over 50%. I'm I'm reasonably sure he's going to the IL. Cuz Daz Cameron is with the team. He's not on the roster, but he's straight up like traveling with the team. At least he was in Detroit. I guess maybe the how we like the Kansas City whatever. The point is they, they have Daz Cameron speed dial. I, I'd look out for it. I'd look out for it. Um, if not, then maybe he just needs. Can they retroactive him? That would be sick. If they put him on the IL and do it retroactive to like three days ago, the last time he actually played, then I'm for it. Cause then we're only missing a week of him. 10 days from now would kind of suck. So maybe we try and retroactive him. Maybe that's the move. Honestly, uh, get Daz Cameron some playing time. Now, I don't know if he'd get too terribly much because Victor Ray is swinging a hot stick, if you haven't heard. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. What I actually, actually, actually want to end on. This is a big series. Look at our month of April. Look at our month of April. It is tough. This is a hard schedule to start off the year on. This April is brutal, okay? You have to at least win the series 
against the can. You have to take three of four. You got to. Not saying, oh, like the season's completely over if you don't, whatever. But looking at the month of April that this team has, you're going to want to take at least three of four from Kansas City. Because you got Dodgers, you got Yankees, you got Twins. You got a tough April ahead of you, man. So series like this, series against the Royals, become very important. Let's go win three. Let's go have a weekend, baby. All right, Scooble on the bump on Friday. Uh, Then, what, it'll be Scooby. Why am I completely losing my train of thought? Scooby, Manning, Alexander. Those are your next three. Um, Let's get it. Big, Big series, for real. Big series. Good teams. Take three of four this weekend. Take three of four. I think that's it. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all on Monday recapping, hopefully, us taking three of four. Go Tigers, baby.